done for me. Thank you for joining us here on January 29th, 2023. At the First Love Ministries in Jacksonville, Illinois with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Attitude Check. Our liturgist for today is Amy McCombs. The anthem, Great is Thy Faithfulness, performed by the Chancel Choir. Our scripture reading today comes to us from Micah 6, 1 through 8. And our gospel reading is taken from Matthew 4, 1 through 12. We pray all is well in your family and among your friends and neighbors. And pray that you have a prosperous, peaceful, upcoming week. The scripture reading today is from Micah 6, verses 1 through 8. I'll apologize ahead of time. You might realize I pronounced some of these names wrong, and you might not, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Let us listen to the word of God. Hear what the Lord has to say. Rise, plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you mountains and the controversy of the Lord and you enduring foundations for the Lord has a controversy with his people and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what I have done to you, in what have I wearied you, answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember what King Balak of Moab devised with Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with my thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great is
gospel reading comes to us from Matthew chapter 5. We know them as the Beatitudes. As Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount, let us listen to the word of God. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder, have you ever had these kind of thoughts? If God loves me no matter what, then it doesn't matter what I do or don't do because God will still love me, right? So then why do anything? I don't have to go to church because God will still love me. I can mess up. I can sin because God will still love me. God will forgive me. I can do just the minimum, and God will still love me. It's a nice loophole, isn't it? Uh, And then on top of that, during the Reformation, Presbyterians said that works righteousness isn't what we believe. Instead, we believe sola gratia, by grace alone, only by God's grace we receive salvation, not by anything we do, not by works. Also, sola fide, by faith alone. Faith is the only means by which God forgives. And we believe solus Christus, 
by Christ alone. It's only through Christ's atoning sacrifice that one receives forgiveness. In fact, we can't do any good deeds to receive God's love and salvation. It's just freely given to us. Now, that theology right there gives us the wiggle room we need, right? If we can't do anything to earn God's grace, then why show up? If we're all just hypocrites anyway, then why even try? I'd imagine most of us all have wondered these things before, especially when we're tired, uninspired, feeling rebellious, or questioning, struggling. I mean, uh, this is how loopholes are made, right? You don't have to be in the mafia to understand loopholes. Every teenager, every politician, every non-Christian, every Christian, everybody creates loopholes of some kind. We're not the first to do it, and we won't be the last. Now, in today's Old Testament reading, Micah 6, which Reggie read so well, I'm impressed. The Israelites are between kings. They went from King Ahaz, who allied with Assyria after military occupation, and King Ahaz was quick to worship the Assyrian gods, and then made lots of changes to the Jerusalem temple. He even offered to sacrifice his son, Hezekiah, to the Syrian god. Luckily, his plans were thwarted by his wife. After seven years of occupation, King Ahaz died from disease at the age of 36. And then Ahaz's son, Hezekiah, became king. King Hezekiah spent ten years cleaning up his father's mess, cleansing and restoring the temple, freeing political prisoners, listening to the prophets, mainly Isaiah and what we heard today, Micah. One scholar says Judah became prosperous and powerful under Hezekiah, and as is often the case with prosperity, came corruption. Judah became an aristocracy, a country virtually run by the rich and the powerful, who ran roughshod over the poor and the disadvantaged, often exploiting them, stealing from them to enrich themselves. King Hezekiah was only partially successful in curbing these excesses. After 14 years of being king, he became ill and never fully recovered. Though he lived another 19 years, his effectiveness was limited by his poor health. When he died, he was succeeded by his son, Manasseh, who reigned 45 years and was as evil and as corrupt as his grandfather Ahaz, perhaps more so. While Judah continued to grow, the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. And scholars think that Micah's prophetic ministry took place during the end of King Hezekiah when he was sick and the beginning of King Manasseh's reign. And it's even said that King Manasseh gave the prophet Isaiah an offer he couldn't refuse. But he refused and he was found dead. These people were excellent at manipulation, corruption, and loopholes. Prophet Micah, who had every reason to be afraid, was unfazed and boldly points out this corruption, exploitation, and crime. Now this is where it gets interesting. We hear the Israelites respond to Micah. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams? 
with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Now they've just come up with clever excuses. They feel like they could give everything and it wouldn't be enough for God. 1,000 rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, even their firstborn. So then what's the point? Why show up? We're all just hypocrites anyway, then why even try? Everybody creates loopholes. And this is when Micah responds saying, He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? So God doesn't desire 10,000 rivers of oil or even our firstborn. Instead, God requires justice and loving kindness and walking humbly. And then we hear a similar response when Jesus shares his Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Certainly there's nothing we can do to earn God's love and grace. But God desires and encourages and blesses us when we seek justice, loving kindness, and humility. Especially since we, when we don't have to do these things, it can even become more rewarding. Research shows that being kind is a key part of our happiness. It says in the book, The Kindness Cure, we are wired for kindness. It's part of our biological heritage designed to help us foster relationships, work together, and survive in groups. When we are kind to others, it releases neurochemicals in our bodies that increase trust and give us a warm feeling. Research suggests that being kind toward others is associated with better and stronger mental and physical health, relationships, life satisfaction, communities, and even economies. Kindness is good for us, not just a reward for what God desires of us, but it is how we are wired. Nippon Meta, founder of Service Space, tells a story about kindness contagion. They're at a lunch meeting, and a philanthropist told him that he was good at giving and bad at receiving. At the end of a meal, it was time to pay the bill, and they started arguing about who got to treat the other to lunch. And Meta recalls, so we decided to do this. I'll pay for this table but you pay for a random table. So he calls the waitress over and he starts to have a conversation. I'd like to pay for another table. And the first thing is the waitress looks at us. Why? You know what's going on here? I, I, I just want to make someone's day. Okay, fine, I get this. Okay, who? So somehow he picked a table and our waitress, Mandy, goes to the table and then Mandy comes back with this incredible joy. 
They wondered, what happened? How, how was it? And she said, oh, it was, it was amazing. They looked at me and they're like, uh, she was no longer just our waitress. She was our compatriot. And goodness, at the end of that incredible interaction, I looked at my friend and I said, you know, were you giving? Because he did give. He provided financial capital. Or were you receiving? And it was so clear with a beaming smile on his face that he was receiving. Certainly, we don't have to do anything to earn God's grace and love. In fact, we don't even have to be here. And God will still love us. And just as easily as the Israelites during King Manasseh's rule, we could find loopholes to get out of doing God's work. It's very easy. I encourage you this week to share, just as Amy shared with the kids, share loving kindness. Share justice. Share humility. Not because you have to do it, but just because. But be warned, justice, while it's not always easy to do, is powerful. Walking humbly with our God is rewarding. And loving kindness, it can be contagious. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless And may you have a peaceful and safe year.